Dear friend, let's discover more of who we are together. Love, Haley and Amanda. It's a new week. It's a new episode. It's a new day. It's a new vision. We've got vision for today's episode. Well, we've ha- we've actually just, you know, this isn't like a... I don't know what I'm saying. Because you're tired. I know. I was going to say, today has been, this week has been a tough week for us. You did a mural that's awesome, but you, like... It was very laborious, and... It, you did it fast. Like, yeah, I you had were to really hustle... Oh, and I couldn't really have any help because of the hours. So usually I have help, like with me helping, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, I wasn't able to. And then I had a wedding today that, um, she did the floral for. Yes. And, and she was my assistant and we've just been going nonstop since (laughs) I, I mean, I worked a full eight hours yesterday as a teacher and then I came home and worked six hours getting the floral wet ready and then we worked all day on it and i don't know what i would have done without you little <laughs> princess pop i don't know what i would have done without you ever but i didn't help you on your mural yeah at but all. you have helped me before so we we save each other sometimes i will tell you though how tired we are we somehow <laughs> we make it fun and we have these bursts of energies they we come out of nowhere we snuck into the caterer's kitchen at this wedding, waiting to do the flip between ceremony and reception. And for some reason, we just turned it on. And turned we, into comedy hour in there. I saw that his, his chef coat said, Chef Fry. I said, <laughs> did you change your last name when you became a chef? He said, yeah, it used to be Chef Bake. And <laughs> now it's Fry. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we were just on a roll. I got some free food out of it. Yeah. Some little mini sandwiches. I love mini mini. Yeah, I got so excited to tell that joke that I shouted and realized we had to be quiet because there was a ceremony happening. That's right, right right by us. So you screamed. I screamed. The whole staff in the kitchen went went, shh. (laughs) I was embarrassed. She was embarrassed, and I was embarrassed that she was my friend. But then she was like, "Oh yeah, she's here helping me." kidding i was not embarrassed and and we love that joke about hors d'oeuvres yeah hors d'oeuvres are many many minis because <laughs> amanda likes many things i many m-i-n-i i love tiny things and a lot of them <laughs> instead of one big thing and get your mind right we're both wearing striped shirts today because we, we thought, thought it would be cutesy <laughs> we thought it would make us look like we worked together <laughs> i know and I like if they saw us setting up the wedding they'd be like oh it's the girls in the striped shirts they're yeah. the florist Mm-mm. no one thought that <laughs> we didn't look very professional but your apron helped you didn't have one though so you just looked like a bum screaming hors d'oeuvres in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> but that leads us to our pledge does it? <laughs> it should because it's so weird that it goes with that story. Well, I would just like to say first that we are so tired and a little bit brain dead. But, but this podcast is so important to us. It's our numero uno that we would not miss it for the world. And it energizes us. It does. When we were talking about what we were 
going, we were driving home from the wedding and we, we were kind of going over what we were going to be talking about and it got us pumped again. Yeah, so. Because we were deadsies. You guys out there listening, we might be tired and sounding complainy, but <laughs> we are excited to be here. Oh my and gosh. And this is the most special time for us. And to that be you're with our dear friends. Yeah, and that you're listening means a whole bunch to us. whole bunch. Also, we record these for YouTube, so if you ever want to like see us, if you if you want to see wanna us, see talk, how haggard we look, <laughs> you can watch it on YouTube, or you can just listen to it like a normal person on Spotify and all places where you listen to this. Um, so everybody, sing along. Put your hand over your heart and your heart over your hand. Impossible. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United Mates in America. And rarely in public is where we stand. But that's changing because we got vaccinated. One friendship under God, because you don't want to be above him. Indivisible. Live purdy. <laughs> Haley? I didn't mean. I, it, you know what it means to desecrate our friendship? <laughs> pledge like that with a burp? You You're disgusting. You gave me I gave it to you. You I stole one of my carbonated, carbonated waters. waters. I'm sorry. That's how you live purdy, though. That is living purdy. And, and just us for all. <laughs> Can I just Amen. say that I, I've been wanting to say this to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and why that's, not say it on the podcast? But, no, I'm but like, listen. I feel like we should hit pause before but, you broadcast this. But listen, you know how I just can't drink alcohol because... Uh, my body is too sensitive to everything. Yes, I know. I've seen it. I can't drink alcohol. My body doesn't like it. She can have a little. Like one sip and then my I, my body says that's enough. And and then, you know what? I have become, I've decided, over a quarantine, connoisseur? a connoisseur of sparkling waters. Yes. I know the best brand, the best flavors that I like from each brand. And every time I go to the grocery store, because I tried all of them. And I, I actually think that our listenership would like to know our my ship of listeners yeah. would be interested in. Do you want to know my number one? I do. My well, number I think one. I know it actually. It's my favorite one in flavor. Listen up, you sparkling water drinkers. Lovers. My favorite sparkling water is the Target brand. Mm. It's their it's their house brand. You know, it's like farmer something or like market something or no but, clue. It, but it is their their target house brand and it's the flavor fruit punch. And let me tell you, will it punch you with some fruit? Right on the target. Right on the target brand. Because it's like this is it's it's a zero calorie sparkling water. It's not like a fruit. Uh, it's not like, you know, how some San Pellegrino is like fruit juice yes. and, and it has calories mm-hmm. and stuff. This is a zero calorie sparkling water. But the flavor of the fruit punch one, holy Toledo. Well, I am loving this one I just stole out of your fridge. And yeah, it that is one's the good. 365 Whole Foods Market Black Cherry. Yeah, it's the Whole Foods brand Black Cherry. I really like it. Wow, you are an influencer mm-hmm. holding it up to the camera like that. I know. That. I'm trying to get us some sponsors that aren't us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today, today's episode is actually not about carbonated water, but I think oh. I could do an entire episode about it. But it could be about when you are working yourself 
ragged, but you're still pursuing something you care about. That's what the podcast episode's about? I mean, a little. You know, (laughs) ish. It's just what our lives are right now. Mm. But the podcast episode is just like it says in the title. It's about this idea of failure and success being mirrors of each other because they kind of don't exist. Yeah. We were talking about how there's no... Um, like dead end to failure on one end of the spectrum and there's no end point or arrival to success on the other end of the spectrum which is an interesting thought it's interesting because I think we work so hard not to fail and we work so hard to succeed and you don't get to either one of those things (laughs) pipe dream pipe dream (laughs) (laughs) and so we are talking about this because it's pretty interesting concept that we are either striving for success or, you know, avoiding failure. But the truth is, is that you will never reach either one because hear us out encouraging on both cases. It is. But, but hear us out. This is the theory and we've got people and stuff to back us up on this. We do. Okay. I want to hear you say the theory. Why? Because you think I'll mess it up? No, I'm just curious how you're going to phrase it. Uh, Well, Okay, now there's pressure and... But don't worry. I, I was mean, in a if train you of fail, you, yeah, there's no that failure. That doesn't even exist. Okay, so hear, hear us out. <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> the theory is that... <laughs> so scared. When you look at me, like, you're anticipating what I'll say. Where should I look? <laughs> don't look in my eyes while you do that. <laughs> don't watch me touch that. Don't say that on no, the podcast. That's because I was, like, playing with this... This part of my elbow, and it's called your weenus. Oh, boy. It's <laughs> the real name of it. And I was, like, rubbing it because it was kind of um, dry. And Haley was looking at me, and I was like, don't watch me touch my weenus. That never sounds good. But it was just funny sounding because it was just my elbow. Yeah. So hear me out. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> On the theory. You can tell our thoughts are real streamlined. Yeah, real streamlined. Here's okay, the theory. Here's the theory. Is that is that success <laughs> success <laughs> even when you think you've arrived at it, you haven't because there's always something that you'll do after you meet a mark, right? Yeah, and, and it's it's like on both ends of the spectrum. Well, I'm not done. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hear me out. That you'll that even if you meet, if even when you meet this big goal, there's going to be goals after it. And also, if you fail, what you think is failure, which we're going to even talk about the word fail. But if you do something where you think you're a failure, you're not because failure means to completely stop. It's a dead end. But we all have to keep going. We all keep going. We all move forward in some way. And usually, we learn from that failure, and it becomes part of our moving forward. So there is no actual failure because failure means a dead end. You stop going, and we don't do that until the end of our lives. And success is never reaching a destination because, again, you will always, we keep living, we will always continue on, even if it's another goal, we'll keep moving towards things and learn from the maybe goal accomplishment that we had. Yeah, it seems like no matter which one you're talking about, this this failure, quote unquote, that you think you may arrive at or the success that you think you may arrive at, 
those moments both possess this transformative quality. Like as soon as you think you've arrived in it, whether it's dead-end failure that you think, it immediately transforms into something else. And the same with as soon as you think you've arrived at your at your success goal, it will immediately transform into something else, um, which I think is quite interesting. Well, and I was using the example when we were talking about this, about how <clears throat> when I was 14 years old, or 13, mm. My dad, who had um, this great church, because um, he's a pastor, he had this great church in my hometown, Plano, Texas, and um, it it ended like, it, and it was a really sad time for him and my mom and me and my family because it was something I had grown up in, and and he was trying, he was giving it up, and he was going to go work for my uncle's church in Irving, and it was it was kind of a. It, it was a big loss, you know, it was like this really sad loss for him, especially, but our family. And then it was like this new chapter of going to this church in Irving and, and, and being kind of like uprooted and, and replanted um, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it was like a really difficult time for my family. But it felt like a dead end. Yeah. Like and, and you it, had lost everything rock bottom. Yeah. All my friends, all these, all, like all of these relationships I had made in that church and they were just kind of like dissipated because it was not there anymore but that is where I met Haley my my counterpart how could I ever live without her and so Mm. it's just interesting that this very terrible I guess what I would say consider and and I think my father considered Mm. a failure on his timeline yeah turned out in many ways beyond just your friendship but in many ways yeah a huge huge and I don't want to say the word success but but other good things come from it. And and this is kind of silly. We're, we actually have good things to back us up on this theory. But there's this TikTok that I saw, <laughs> which this is not, I know this isn't like some great resource or anything like this. But I saw this video and it totally hit me and made sense where this guy was like, we have got to decide, stop deciding mm-hmm what is good and bad that happens and like to labeling us in life. it. Yeah, like in labeling it because things end up working towards good, you know, these future things we're unaware of. And he was giving an example about how like this guy, uh, his son falls off his horse and breaks his arm and all the neighbors come over and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. This is so terrible. And the dad says, maybe. And then, the there though there's a war that starts and his son can't join the army because he is injured and mm-hmm. so everyone's like oh it's it's such a good thing that he he didn't have to enlist and he says maybe but then something mm-hmm. else happens like it's like this chain of events where it, mm-hmm. he the dad just keeps saying maybe because mm-hmm. you really don't know how things are working for you you know what I mean like you Mm. don't know how things are going to turn out or what they're going to lead to Um, even though it might seem bad in the moment it actually might cause a really great outcome in the future but then Mm. that might cause a bad outcome you just don't know yeah and for us to be like oh this this thing that happened to me I'm at rock bottom this is such a big failure everything's over my life is like everything I've been working for is over while your feelings might be valid because it, maybe it was a big loss for you, it's not true. You yeah. don't know what it what is going to come of it. You don't know 
what what will happen from it you can't say it's failure because failure means nothing will move forward and, and life does move forward what's I- and what's interesting too is which I'm, I'm about to read this quote from um dr sarah lewis who wrote this book rise strong oh mm-hmm. no rise oh god i'll i'll quote it correctly in the in the show notes but um she's on the she's on the Brenda brown dare to lead anyways they're talking about her book and it she's saying that whenever you end up looking back and talking about failure you actually don't talk about it like that it's usually what you're saying it's this transformative thing a learning here i'm gonna read the quote um there's a quote in the book that says this book rarely uses the word failure, though it is at the heart of the subject. The word failure is imperfect. Once we begin to transform it, it ceases to be that any longer. The term's always slipping off the edges of our vision, not simply because it's hard to see without wincing failure, but because once we're ready to talk about it, we often call the event something else, a learning experience, a trial, a reinvention, no longer the static concept of failure. And then they go on in the interview to talk about how um, failure actually was not designed, the word failure was not designed for us as humans. It was actually developed to assess credit worthiness in the 19th century, a term for bake bankruptcy, a seeming dead end force. Financially. Yes. Yeah. And, and that humans actually cannot come Reach. to a dead end until the end of their life. Right. So there's no failure. And it's just funny that we we say that about ourselves and we put that on ourselves in the in the experience of our lives trying to take all of the possibility out of it because it feels so bad mm-hmm. you know but it's so exciting and wonderful that so much possibility and transformation lies in those strong moments of our lives yeah i um this is reminding me of a poem i just went over with my class Ooh, it's called my mother's pieced quilt and i and i don't i the poet's name is um i i was i wasn't even thinking i was going to say this so i didn't look to reference it but i will put it in the show notes too but it's my mother's pieced quilt and it it's this it's this beautiful poem about how the poet is recollecting about being a child and watching her mother put this quilt together always and she would use different pieces of cloth from different events in their life like um, different pieces of clothing that were like meaningful that maybe they wore at an event or something like that and even like the uh, the piece of black silk she wore to her mother's funeral and all this stuff like and she's she's sewing it together and Mm -hmm. It's this beautiful poem about how this girl is learning from her mother in this quilting that life is full of these different moments mm-hmm. and that her mom is taking these pieces that are some some are so painful and dark and sad mm-hmm. and some are so joyful like the graduation or whatever and it's it's creating this quilt of warmth and comfort because and this and it's like a thing of beauty and it's the thing she most cherished from her mother after her mother's passing because it's the lesson that she learned that life is this quilt Mm. of all these types of experiences and you just don't know I mean you're creating a beautiful picture even with the bad stuff in it and I think about that because the 
I when I was 19, I was mm-hmm. telling you. I was I, hoping you share that. Yeah, I when I was 19, I went through the hardest experience of my life at the time, um, of of just just where I felt like I had hit rock bottom. So much was happening to me. I wasn't able to go and finish college at the time because the school was holding my credits hostage because of financial stuff. And then our living situation was crazy, you and I, and and the people in our lives were very manipulative and, and using spirituality against us and things like that. And I was at this point where I felt like all these dreams that I had for my future and being in college and everything I was working for had completely come to a halt and it was out of my control and I felt like a failure. Hmm. And out of a desperate attempt to get out of Texas because I wanted away from everyone, you and I decided to move to Bend, Oregon to Mm -hmm. help this group of friends start a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And that is where I met my husband. Well, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's just like, how could I, you know, how could I know then that this time where I felt so small and so sad and hurt and wounded that's where I would step into the destiny of my family. Well, and it's like we talk about this so much about the journey of life, you know. Yeah. But it's it's so true. Like you can all you can do is keep going and accepting your experiences yeah. for what they are and kind of like giving our experiences like the benefit of the doubt, for lack of a better term, like to to realize no matter how bad it is or how good it is, we still don't know where it's leading, but that it's all like this journey that is just going to continue to form us into more of who we are. Do you have a situation like that where it was something bad that turned out to be maybe working in your favor? I think one of the things that I would share is when I was in my freshman year of college, I was hit with a line drive. I played college softball. Um, I was hit with a line drive. This is like a really intense story, but hit with a line drive softball right to my uh, head, my frontal sinus cavity. And it was at a really bad concussion. I was in the it hospital. Shattered your skull. Yeah, shattered my skull. I had to have reconstructive surgery, all this stuff. Um, but I was like majorly into sports. Um, and I was my life was really overtaken by it. You know, I was always practicing after class or traveling on the weekends for games and stuff. Um, And so when that was taken from me, obviously I felt really like the rug had been pulled from under me. But when everything pressed pause like that, um, that's kind of when you you learned the guitar. I started playing guitar. You and I started really singing together. Um, writing songs together. Yeah, writing songs. I feel like our relationship got really close during that time. You were there in the hospital with me. And even though I could have gone back to playing sports a year later, I had my life, the space that that failure injury caused, it all so many other things rushed into my life. And filled it up. Yeah. And I feel like that's actually an interesting way of thinking about it, you know, when you press pause or when things are deleted, you know, all it leaves all this space almost mm-hmm. like for a vacuum to slurp everything else in, you know, mm-hmm. whereas whenever you think everything's perfect and right, 
you know, there's no space for anything else to happen. Yeah. And it, it yeah, it almost is making me think about like, um, like the seasons a little bit, you know, like how in the winter, everything die, like in the fall, it starts to die. change and die. And then it looks so barren and you're just like, oh, but then it's to make this new beginning happen, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, it's really beautiful. I think that nature reflects that. Mm-hmm. I think crazy. nature is trying to teach us how to be and live yeah. in this world, <clears throat> you know? Well, and this, this is actually a good time because, you know, it's not a, it's not <laughs> a dear friend podcast without us quoting David White, our favorite poet. Um, but again, in this book, Consolation, Consolations, it's like his, his little dictionary of this list of words. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we were looking up the word ambition Yes, because, you know, we're talking about that there's no arrival point for success, but I think that could be taken wrongly. It's not that we're saying, oh, well, once you arrive at success, it'll never be enough and you'll always want more, you know. Like, I'm, that's not exactly what I'm saying. Is that what you're saying? No, I think some people live like that. Right. That's what I mean. That it's you're never fulfilled by the success you earn, so you keep going. But that's not what we mean by right. there's more six, there's more past success. It's actually this idea of ambition in the first place. Hmm. That when you're striving and striving, um, which is what he I want you to read it because that's what he's talking about with this word ambition. Okay, I'm gonna read. Yes. Okay, it says. Ambition left to itself, like the identity of the average billionaire, always becomes tedious. Its only object, the creation of larger and larger empires of control. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But a true vocation calls us out beyond ourselves, breaks our heart in the process, and then humbles, simplifies, and enlightens us about the hidden core nature of the work that enticed us in the first place and and I just before we move on from the other part of his I just want to say that this is this is really piercing to me because um it's kind of what's that phrase that you you keep saying whenever we interview people about our greatest gladness meeting the world's need Mm -hmm. is it the world's need meeting our greatest gladness is our purpose Our calling? Our calling. Yeah. So this, you know, when you see people in their calling, like when it's their, their, what they love doing is also meeting this great need of the world. And it's like, you know. Like a perfect marriage. Yeah. Yeah. It's this little kiss. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many of us, and it's, I think it's the ego. And, Mm -hmm. and I, and I think I struggle with this a lot, um, I think that it's very easy to struggle with it because yeah, it's because so you want close. security and financial security is part of that. And there's so much that the ego wants to feel secure and in control of. And so it's like, okay, if you have this job, then you have this salary and then you can pay these bills. And then if you save this much money, then you can do this, this and this. And you're like strategizing that. I mean, well, Maris, also- my, my husband calls me a planda <laughs> because I love a good plan. <laughs> Well, and it's kind of tricky because that's how the world works. Yes, that's true. It like, kind of sets you up to be involved in it in the first place. I know. But I, it's just that. So your ego really is um, 
drawn to that concept of security and control and and it's a it's a it's a fair mechanism to keep us safe and Mm -hmm. a roof over our heads and stuff like that but when when we aren't trying to reach these financial goals for our ego and we're actually trying like he says to hit our vocation Mm -hmm. which will humble us it will break our hearts but it will be our greatest gladness Mm -hmm. that is Mm. the type of work Mm. we are trying to work towards Mm -hmm. and I think that it's really hard to for people to set aside the ego and find it. And that's been something for me and my journey that's been really hard. And I'm going to speak for you and then I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Speak for me? Yeah, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. I'm going to say this. Okay. (laughs) Hear me out. (laughs) Hear me out. Hear me out. That with your art, like that you've been pursuing your whole life and then especially now that you've gone like where it's your full-time job and you are creating these pieces that you about memory and it's like fitting into your whole kind of like what you're trying to say in your art, which I think is important and meaningful. Do you think that that is your vocation that it humbles you that it can break your heart, but it's also like your greatest gladness. I think it is that. And so I'm asking if, if I'm right. So I think that there's a really interesting line. I also think I'm figuring that out. I think that my art is an expression, is a very close expression of what I think my vocation is, which I think our vocation is something more tied to our why. why. So I think my art is a really (coughs) um, special expression of Of my why. Because I I like how you say that because it makes me feel better. You want to know why? Why? Because I think we want to say, like, this job that we're working in and this, what we're doing, it is the vocation. But, like, my why is all about what we talked about um, in the why of this podcast, too. It feeds into it is this goodness, like this being a good person and sharing goodness in the world. And that can be expressed in a lot of different jobs. And I actually think... That is one of the, I almost said cure, but kind of to the um, ego versus the soul when you're talking about ambition and success. Are you linking your success to a, I have found this salary? I have found this one job that is giving me these things, or is it? Or is it like someone listening who's a secretary and is thinking, oh, man, am I being successful? But they're actually fulfilling their why in their job. Right. So you can whatever, do that as whatever whatever job expression is happening in this season of your life. If you still feel like your vocation is being uh, pursued, I don't think it doesn't matter what job it is. I don't. That is amazing. And actually, it's really I think it, it's it's almost like freeing to think like that. It is. And that it's actually it's exciting because it can be more than one thing. And it can be stuff way out in our future. Like who because God I think knows I, what we're going to be doing when our, we're 60. Yeah, because it's kind of like this podcast. For me as a huge. Teaching, um, doing the floral, everything that with our band and music. It all allows, those are all avenues where I feel like my You're vocation plays out. A hundred percent. That's why when you said, do you feel like your art I'm is I'm so your, glad you said that. Yeah, because it made me feel like, 
oh god like if you say yes to that that's the only thing Mm. that you tie your purpose to yeah and i don't really think we should be tying our purpose to one expression or job or whatever you want that takes the pressure off too it's not like okay there's this one dream vocation for me that is the job and everything that all this is going to play out in and I got to get to that it's actually the blooming where you're planted like my dad's episode it's like you can be doing your why in the job you're in right now okay so sorry then there's the next part well and this actually isn't even the next part yet but it I just remember when you were saying that that it's freeing and that it can continue to transform um he has another line down that says ambition takes us towards that horizon, you know, but not over it. Mm. That line will always recede before our controlling hands. You know, the vocation, a vocation always includes a, a specific heart trending way. We will fail at our attempt to live fully. Our true vocation always metamorphoses both ambition and failure into compassion and understanding for others. So we can always... That's big. Yeah, we can always keep moving towards it, but we shouldn't be thinking about success, which I think is pretty um, powerful. Like, Mm -hmm. we should not be thinking about success as an end point because the horizon will always keep receding. And it's our controlling hands that are just grabbing at this end thing when that doesn't even exist. There won't be an end thing. If you get that, you're going to want the next thing. If that's all, if you're only going for ambition. Right. That's right. If you're only going for ambition, that's right. no matter whatever goal you hit, you're going to be like, okay, now I got to get to the next one. Oh, okay. My goal is to make this much money. Now I need this much more money. And that's the difference. That's the difference. So now I'm going to read this last okay, paragraph. Okay. Perhaps the greatest legacy we can leave from our work is not to instill ambition in others, mm. but the passing on of a sense of sheer privilege of having found a road a way to follow and then having been allowed to walk it often with others with all of its difficulties and minor triumphs (laughs) the underlying primary gift of having been both a witness to and a full participant in the conversation so it again comes back to the journey yes just be on the winding path be a pilgrim Mm. And it, it kind of also is ties into what we were talking about on our previous episode about um, kind of humming along to the song of life instead of trying to make out every word and explain everything and, you know, pinpoint everything. This is a success. This, this is, is failure. failure. This is good. This is bad. I'm looking for this. My success has to look like this. Instead of being like, oh my God, I'm on this road. And I'm fulfilling my vocation. Yeah, and I don't know what it's going to be like. And it's going to be downturns and there's going to be triumphs. But here we go. Yeah, it just sucks that our world is about money. I know, that's frustrating. What do we do, guys? Can we fix that? Because I'm also... We don't want it. My, my but high we school want students it. are <laughs> reading Brave New World. <laughs> it scares oh me. I read it every year. And every year it's yeah. And every year you'd say that we're closer to it. I know. Because we read articles about things that we're doing now 
in today's world that are so close to Aldous Huxley's prediction about the future. You know that he set the book to be in the year 2540? Oh my God. He wrote it back in 1932. It was published. So he thought that was real far away. It is. It's over 500. We won't live to see 2540. Oh my God. For some reason, I didn't hear the five. I heard 2040. And no. I was like... 25 right around the corner it's over 500 years away but that that's how far he was thinking that this would happen and honestly there's so many like the consumerism part i, I want to do a whole episode on the podcast about consumerism because it's freaking me out but and, and just like i can't okay we'll talk about it later <laughs> but this this conversation about success and failure i think is really important and it it, it was important for me to hear honestly because um we set these standards for ourselves and, and, and it, it is when it's the ego and ambition that it will never be fulfilling. We'll never mm-hmm. hit a point where it's enough. But if we are living in our why, living towards that vocation, doing the things that, that we know fulfill us, mm-hmm. that will give us well, it's not success because that's not what it is, but it will give us fulfillment. Right. Well, and I also do think um, that when you're pursuing your vocation um, and you reach your success point or whatever, that it also will not be enough, but not in an unfulfilling way. You'll just realize once you get to that moment that there's that your goals were too small for you almost, you know, that there's. Mm there's bigger and there's more you just couldn't dream them up until you got further down your journey you know yeah and I think what you were saying is also true obviously that if you are pursuing ambition and you reach your goal it's never enough but in an unfulfilling way yeah it was it Erin French from Lost Kitchen that we quoted her before in an episode where she was saying like when you're standing in your destiny Mm. It's so much bigger and better than anything you could have dreamed up. Kind of like what you were saying. And I think that's what the the, if you keep working towards your vocation, you will hit a point where you're like, this is better than anything I was trying to grapple with, with Mm -hmm. my ambition. And then you can see more and bigger. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. It's very makes me feel hopeful and positive and I love it. And I think it's so important to think about. And I hope all of you will kind of reevaluate, look and see if it's your ego or your soul. Are you working towards being ambitious for money goals, for security goals? Or are you working towards your vocation, your why? Like what fulfills you, what makes you feel um, like you're doing what you were created to do? Or if you don't believe in a creator, what is the most fulfilling to you? And also Um, that all of us feel encouraged that if a big failure has come to us or, you know, it wasn't a failure. Yeah, maybe we should actually, as dear friends try to help each other to stop using the word failure. And I don't know what else, a trial or a learning experience, but to know that no matter how bad it gets, it's It's not a dead end. It's not a dead end and it's going to transform and you're going to look back and it's going to be something so important and beautiful. That works together for our good ultimately, I think. All right. Well, I loved that episode and thanks for helping me with the wedding. Thanks for helping me with everything else in life. Okay, dear 
friends. Go talk to your dear friends about this episode and then tell each other you got to remove the word failure from your vocabulary. Okay? <laughs> talk to you later, y'all. Bye. Have a good week.